Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Uh, Allie, I hope you had a great weekend, sir. Yeah, I did. I had a really great weekend. It's, uh, you know, my focus has been on making the weekends as best as possible. You know, I know, I know that sounds weird, but I'm like really putting in a conscious effort because it's, it goes so quick. And my girlfriend and I, we kind of, we get those Monday blues, you know, the whole week is long, the weekend is fast, and then we're back into the hamster wheel, you know. But, uh, you know, we try to really spend quality time doing the things that we enjoy because what else is life about if you don't do that? Yeah, and, you know, it goes right with what we're going to talk about today, even though it's uh, not necessarily a um, quote-unquote sexy topic. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Make, but making policy and procedures, uh, you know, a uh, a sexy, you know, sexy again is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, and and really, if if we stop and we think about it, if we if you know, um, you know, I okay. So the biggest reason why we want to have these things, and I'm sure we're going to kind of draw this out as we go, is it is going to free us up from our business so that we're not in the grind every single day, so that we can, um, you know, enjoy the weekends, enjoy the week. Um, you know, like, like, like we want to be able to do as entrepreneurs. I'm sure that all of us got into this business, at least the majority of us, because it was our passion and we turned our passion into a job and then we had a job, but, you know, um, uh, did we turn it into a career um, or are we just working for ourselves and did we bring it to taking it to the next level with regards to the fact that we have created um, – you know this 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 uh, flywheel, if you will, from the book called Good to Great, um, yeah. that you know is making us money even when we sleep, uh, even when we go on vacation, even if we're not at the studio. You know, that have we become a true entrepreneur? And I don't think we can do that. The freedom isn't going to come uh, and be a true entrepreneur unless we uh, you know put the correct policies and the correct procedures in place. And so I know that it's not necessarily a, a sexy topic, but we're going to make it sexy again, hopefully, for yeah. all of you. And you know what? You, you know, you said something which right away in my head was interesting, where you said, you know, that we, we turn our passion into something that we could make a living at, or um, we have, you know, we have a passion. And here's here's the thing that I immediately thought, you know, because look, I've been doing this for going on 26 years, right? So uh, I thought like the only way to keep that passion is to have or not lose the passion for what you do is to keep it enjoyable. Right. And what right. the worst killer of passion is, um, you know, uh, the continue continual rep repetition of doing something and then, um, you know, dealing with it and not being in love with it as much as you used to be. This is why we lose students, you know, because they, they forget that, Repetition is the mother of all skill, but you know what? It, it doesn't matter whether we remind them of that 24-7. You Certain people will only continue doing something if they hate it and they end up or don't like it or they get bored with it, and then they eventually end up hating it and getting out of it. Um, so, so it's important for us to remind ourselves that we have to keep that passion alive. Now, um, by making our lives simpler, by what you said, building systems that could help us pull out and kind of sit back and reap the rewards and, and be proud of what we do and, and, and recognize, you know, those things, I think that that's a big deal. So that's something that for people to understand, that systems will help you keep your passion. Yeah, and, you know, the other thing, too, like when I first started, I'm sure with you, uh, even though you already had a business prior to um, – you know, owning a martial arts school, I'm sure that you probably didn't have policies 
um, and or procedures that were in place before you even opened up your martial arts school. I mean, you had some of them maybe inside of here, and and no. and and we yeah. So you didn't have any, right? No, dude. I I I had. Well, here's the thing. I owned a landscape construction company, right? With with like 27 employees, and I had procedures like through the nose. Then I opened up my school and I did everything opposite that I would do in my business, you know, because I was under the illusion because my teacher um, made it seem this way that, you know, martial arts was about martial arts and it was a taboo to have a business, um, you know, and, and, you know, to be businesslike and, you know, don't talk about money and don't talk about this. Well, I watched my teacher many days where we'd have to donate money so that he could get dinner or pay the electric bill. Or we do those ninja classes, you know, in the, in the dark by candlelight. And I thought it was the most awesome thing. Um, and it was only to find out later that the lights had gotten turned off. He turned the bad situation to a good situation, but it was all due to lack of procedures. But I ran my dojo differently than I ran my landscape construction company. And isn't that, isn't that an odd dynamic where martial artists think that they're selling out or they're too commercial or they're, and I hate the term, my friend, my buddy, uh, Shian Andrew Stigliano uses it all the time, a McDojo, you know, and I, you know, I get what he's saying that a McDojo is somebody who just throws away belts and has no criteria and doesn't really care. But I mean, anybody who's selling themselves as a commercial school and charging even two bucks is a, is a commercial location. So I think that that's a big thing to point out. It, it is. And I, I, I like, like I said, I didn't start out with uh, having any policies or procedures. But before we get into any of those, let's, let's kind of separate. So, I mean, I, I, I don't want to assume that everybody knows the difference between policies and then procedures. And so let's first take policies, and, and policies are the uh, basically the written rules of the do's and don'ts inside of your business. Uh, right. Uh, there no, no drugs, no alcohol, no sex, no whatever. Um, right. But, uh, that, 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 those are the do's and don'ts inside the business. The procedures are the way that business is done in certain um, areas of the business. So, for instance, right. you know, on, on the floor, uh, in the office, on the telephone, uh, whether there's marketing procedures or whatever. And so that's the biggest difference, obviously, between policy and procedures. There is a cohesion between the two. They do overlap on many, many occasions. But when I first started out, I had neither. Um, and yeah. prior to even having procedures, I went and, and created some policies. And, and so I went to different business owners that I knew and asked, you know, hey, what do you got? And like my insurance agent, he gave me, you know, one of his books with policies in it. And so I took it and I read it and yeah, took out things that I just thought, you know, what the heck is this in there for? And, and uh, you know, and used some of that stuff for a while. And then um, I, Maya, I believe it was Maya that actually had a, um, I think it was Maya that had, had one with the policy, like the, all the policies that you would need as, as a martial arts school. Yeah. Um, ex excluding, um, Excluding, I think the like instructor no, you know, non-compete agreement or anything like that. But right. it had a lot of things that were in it. So I bought that, and I, I want to say it was like seventy-nine or ninety-nine bucks, and and super cheap. <clears throat> yeah. It really helped me out a lot to kind of create the, the structure that I wanted for um, right. my policies. And and uh, I went to my lawyer and had them, you know, had him read through everything. And then there was a couple other things that he added that weren't inside of there. So. Uh, I, you know, um, I, you know how I am. I, I don't want to just talk about what we should have and and then leave the listeners alone with it. 
I, I want to give some actionable steps. Um, but if you have anything to say about policies before I go into some actionable steps. Well, well, I, first off, I love what you said that, you know, their, their policies and procedures are, are cohesive, right? And then there are different policies and procedures for, you know, different facets of your business. Like, in other words, you can have instructors live by a certain set of rules, and they may not even ever see the business side of things, right? Or um, you may have, uh, you know, uh, which, uh, which I do. I have an employee policy and procedures manual, which I spent thousands of dollars on developing it with an attorney. And, um, it, and it ha by the way, I, I used to have it in my next level program, so all my school owners could get that. And it was, you know, they could fill in the blanks and, uh, of course, check it with their own attorney based on their location. But the thing you mentioned was rules, and, and most people don't have rules. Like, in other words, like, they're, they're the most basic rules. Like, what happens if someone wants to quit? What's the rule? You have a no-cancellation policy, or is it a 30-day out or a 60-day out? And is there a fee, $250 cancellation fee? Those are rules. Like, when people buy gear, can they return it within 30 days? Or once they've worn it, then they have to keep it and get a store credit. Like, these are all rules that we need to think about within our business. And once they're there, then you can easily pass them on to an employee or a staff member or an instructor. Well, the rules are this, you know, and then also share it with the the people when um, when they come in and, and they join your school as well. well. You know, you have to wear your uniform. You have to do a tournament. You have to do this. You have to buy gear. It's, it has to be clear for people, and if it's clear for them, it's certainly clear for us. Right, and you bring up a good point because here I am talking about um, policies and procedures, but go back to policies. I'm talking about policies for your employees. Right, and you brought up the fact that we have to have policies for our our students as well, which right. that's absolutely right. And so in my head, I was talking about uh, employees. When I refer to the fact that I, I bought that thing from Maya, uh, that was an employee policy, um, not mm -hmm. procedures, but just po just policies. But you're absolutely right. You need to have policies um, and, and procedures for right. your students as well. Um, and that could be a whole different topic too with regards to what, what's inside of those. And, and we're not going to get too specific, but um building those because i'm sure none of us unless you unless you um you know bought into a franchise you know a martial arts franchise right. or something which nothing wrong with that um the nice thing about that is the fact that they already have the policies and procedures in place right. and all you have to do is is read them and know them and study them and implement them but but you know the majority of us didn't do that we had to start you know coming up with them on our own so going back to what i said um you know some of the other business owners that you know ask if they would be willing, you know, to show you theirs and, and, and take from that. And um, I don't even know if Maya still has their product. I'm not trying to sell their product. I get nothing for it, but I know that, that, that it was there at one time. Um, well, and, we, you know, we, have, that. we have ours available on, on our program, which, you know, I know you're being generous and, and, and humble by not saying that we have one in place, but we do have a procedures manual, right? I, I, right. I developed a procedures manual for the, for the program managers and staff to follow, how to make a phone call, how to call kids, how to call adults, how to do a trial class call, all of these things literally laid out by, by the step-by-step -step process. And then I have a separate uh, employee manual, which talks about, and these are important things, by the way, 
Um, I don't know if, you know, each state is different, but, you know, you have to be very clear on what maternity leave is, you know, if someone gets injured, you know, if uh, you have, uh, I don't know, younger children working and older people work, like, you have to be specific on what their rights are as an employee, days that you're closed, vacation days if you're given them, um, you know, sick day procedures and how many days they can get. And I have this clearly stated. So there's been many times where I, you know, I give this to my employees. They sign off on it. They also sign on the non-compete, non-disclosure. And by the way, I, I've used it, and I'm in a, a legal battle right now with someone. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, it's it's important for us to understand that, you know, it has to be clearly laid out, or there's always going to be room for question. They'll say things to you like, Dwayne, uh, you never told me that I couldn't take off, but you know, or you never told me that I couldn't do this, and they always. Forget. I want to. I want my first instinct was say play dumb, but I'm going to say forget. Give them the benefit of the doubt, right? And uh, then that's why you have a clear understanding by opening that manual to page 32 and go look. This is what I gave you. You have a copy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. So it's important to have an employee manual and then uh, policies that uh, are signed off on based upon that employee manual, such as things that Allie had brought up, requesting time off, employee dating, um, even uh, random drug testing. Um, right. Because, you, I, you know, that was something that I did not have at one time, and I believed that I had a employee that was on drugs, and I couldn't do a random test because I didn't have that policy in place. So I went to my lawyer, and we drew up one and, and uh, had made everybody sign it, and he signed it, and as soon as he signed it, he, uh, he quit. So, right, right. Yeah, so, I mean, he got the heads up, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, but, but without though, those right? things, it, well, it is, but without those things, you just, you cannot move forward. And so that's why I say go back, take a look at what you have, what you don't, you know, um, and, and then maybe talk to other business owners, talk to us, um, get what they have uh, if you want to be a part of our program. I mean, that's not why we're doing this uh, podcast, but, and and like Ali said, even with the information that we have or, or Maya or anybody else, you do have to double-check what your state allows you to do. So, therefore, um, there is going to be right. a, minor, a minor cost incurred by your, um, uh, by your attorney. And uh, so that's going to be important to have, uh, have yeah. that. Um, and then the next step is, like we talked about, you know, Allie brought up, is having uh, policies for your students and um, the procedures on what's going to happen if they don't follow those policies. So, for instance, the dress code or, you know, showing up late to class or whatever right. it is, all those things need to be written down. Now, my advice would be uh, you can go two, two different ways. You can go the quick route, get into a program like ours or somebody else's or whatever that gives you all that information so you don't have to make it up yourself, right? Right. Um, or what you can do is you can go over time – over time, you can go, oh, this is a problem, I need to implement this. Oh, this is a problem, yeah. I need to implement this. And the only, the only thing that you have to make sure that you do if you decide to do that is that everybody signs off on it, even your current students are up to date on the new policy for your studio. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and all, it all depends, too, Dwayne, on the state, because I know that, like, for example, um, with a non-compete, if you've had employees and they, they didn't sign a non-compete, now all of a sudden you have this policy um, and you force it upon them and say, if you don't sign, you're fired, that's illegal. So there has to be a process that says you have, you know, by such and such a time, especially within New York State, we're implementing this non-compete, non-disclosure. 
and um, you have until then to do whatever and, and think about it, consult your attorney, consult somebody or whatever, and give them that opportunity. Because then some people could feel like they're, they're being extorted. If they don't sign, they're going to lose their job, and they'll do it under duress, and that would go against you in court if ever holding up a non-compete. However, here's the thing, too. It's like, you know, by having this stuff in place, it'll uh, most of the time eliminates any issues, right? So, um, you know, if people know the rules ahead of time, then, then they're okay with it. Like in my school, you know, we have always reinforced and enforced our, our uniform policy for our students. However, it got lax over years when I wasn't there every day, and everyone was like, oh, you don't have your tabby, which is the ninja split toe shoe. And they're like, oh, yeah, we haven't got them yet. Or, or, and then we also used to say, you don't have your sparring gear. You're a white belt going to yellow belt. You need to have your sparring gear. And they go, oh, yeah, well, we hadn't gotten around to it yet. So we put systems in place. Like, for example, to share with the listeners, we have what is called a gear check. So before they even get given a test date, we make sure that they come in and they bring in all their gear. So if they're a white belt and they only need sparring gear to go to yellow, they have to bring their sparring gear in. It doesn't matter if it was only a few months ago. We want to make sure that they have their mouthpiece, their gear, their everything. And um, if they're a yellow belt, they have to bring in everything, their sparring gear and their bow and their sigh and their weapons cases so that we're seeing that their weapons haven't been lost, stolen, broken, you know, or, you know, whatever, and that they're up to mandatory standards. It's almost like you got to know everything about how to handle a gun in order to get the gun license to shoot it. It's the same thing with martial arts for us. So then once they show us that they did their gear check, then we sign off and we say, okay, we'll let you know when the test date is and when you'll be on it. So it's a lot easier for us now. Years ago, we used to chase people. Oh, I'm going to buy it. They don't buy it. Oh, I have it. I'll show it to you. They don't show it to you. It used to be like that. We'd, we'd say, hey, you're testing this Sunday. Go get your letter of intent signed by your school teachers. They'd go, oh, we forgot it. We didn't get it done. And now we're, we're embarrassed chasing them around for two months, asking them if they got their letter. They already have the belt. So we made it mandatory that they can't do these things without doing the steps leading up to them. And that's very important for us as school owners to understand it. It makes our lives so much easier. It does, and it makes it so much easier to enforce the law <laughs> right? once it's already in the books. So, yeah, um, yeah we, do, we do the gear check, too, and, and they, they actually earn a skill stripe if, if, they have their, if they have their gear. And then we actually have a sheet um, on a clipboard, and you get, you get a total of three strikes, and, and then the fourth one in that quarter, um, right. you don't test, and you've got to do that whole quarter over again. Wow. So – um, yeah, so the, I like and that. I used to, you, and, and you knew that I used to write, uh, made the students write reports when they forgot things. Right. And, you know, right. I, was getting, I was getting tired, tired. I, the kids and the adults would write the reports. I'm just getting tired right. of reading all these reports, right. honestly. So I'm like, you know right. what? You don't do it. We're going to give you a strike, and you get four strikes, then you got to do the belt over again, and it's just what it is. And we have systems yeah. in place with regards to, you know, first one, we just, like if it's a kid, first one, we just talk to the kid, tell him, hey, right. don't forget it again. Uh, number two, if, if, if they forget it a second time, we have to talk to the kid and the parent. And then the same thing third time, we have to talk to the kid and the parent, but the third time is an actual meeting. It's like we meet with both of them at the same time and say, hey, Johnny's already forgot it three times, yada, yada, yada. If he forgets it yeah. a fourth time, he can't even test this quarter. He's got to start the whole, the whole quarter over again. And so um, that has helped us out dramatically. You know what's interesting, though, and, and, you know, let's play devil's advocate, both you and I as school, and all the school owners listening. It's interesting at how, um, you know, anybody, whether it be a parent of a kid, a teen, or, or an adult coming in on their own, um, you know, they, they don't like to be held to the grind, yet they want to learn discipline, right? So they want to learn self-discipline. And then they get mad. And like, it's funny to me, like, they get mad at me for 
teaching their kids. Like I was saying to them this, uh, this last test that I just did on Saturday, I said to the parents, I said, sometimes you're not going to be happy with our decisions. I said, you might not like that you're not on the next test list or you're, you're, you know, you didn't get picked for that test or you're not getting your belt when you think you should. I said, but just remember, it's a team effort, right? So it's like they, sometimes I think parents think that it's them, the mom and dad and the kid versus us. And they're going to be mad at us because we didn't promote the child. They don't realize that we want that kid to be testing as, as much as they should be. Um, uh, we want them to pass. We want them to be great. We want that. And that's why we, it's the opposite effect for us. We're holding them back for their own good, right? Um, we're not holding them back because we're spiteful, controlling issue, you know, people. Um, and, and people forget that. So sometimes we have to reestablish that whole – and same thing goes with our staff – that we're all on the same team. Like, I'll give you an example. The other day, I meet in the desk on Saturdays. I like it a certain way. I come back in on Monday. It's destroyed. I'm like, who did this? And I only have five people that could be possibly behind the desk. No one knows who did it. You know, I'm like, who did Is it like the magic, you know, is it the ninja elf that's coming in and doing this stuff? Like, what is going on? So we have to all buy into the message and be on the same team. And I think that's a matter of education, right? We, you and I talk about that all the time, educating our clients, educating our staff, creating this synergistic approach. Well, and, and, and real quickly, education doesn't just stop. And it's not just a one-time thing. It needs to be right. reoccurring. <clears throat> right. you, know, you had said that you had a, um, a testing this weekend, a big testing, and you know, one of the topics that you talked about was uh, um, you know, why it's important not to quit when – and I'm paraphrasing, but why yeah. it's important yeah. not, to, not to quit when you feel bored, when, it, when it's hard, yeah. and when it's you – know, and, and unfortunately, we have to um, resell, if you will, our own students on yeah. what we're doing. And, and, and not only that, we have to resell the parents. Uh, we right. have to resell our own uh, our own staff with that. Yeah. And I don't want to get off topic here of policies and procedures, but that is, you know, that is uh, very important. Well, that's what happens, you know, when the, um, you know, when the fire dies down in a relationship, right? And, and I mean that whether it be a, a, a couple or, um, you know, when the respect is lost by a kid to a parent or a parent to a child um, or whether it be a friendship when that fire, and, and especially a teacher-student mentorship, when the student stops revering their teacher as someone who could really guide them and starts to think they could do it on their own and they're better or they're smarter, that's when the relationship is downhill. Now, here's the dilemma. Most of the parents, we're, we can't get into their head because they're not in the classroom experiencing it. Yes, they may see it. They might hear it. But they're not experiencing it physically and spiritually and mentally, right? So, so um, what happens is we're basically just selling from a pulpit, right? Like we're talking about it, but they're, they're sorting what information they want to keep and what information they want to get rid of. So not the entire message. Like I, I had a mom the other day that wanted to, you know, their kid to quit. And she's like, I know, I know. You'd say it all the time. They shouldn't quit. Like she's already shut me down. And I'm like, well, if you're not willing to listen, then why are we having this conversation? Are you willing to listen? Yes. Are you sure? You know, yes, I am. Okay, then we talked. And lo and behold, they didn't quit because she actually started to actually listen. But she was prepared to put all the walls up so that none of my words went through or went over the wall. But I finally was able to get her to listen, and she agreed. So that's important. So this is the same thing with our team or our students or whatever. Absolutely. So, um, you know, half of this conversation, uh, this this podcast today, it has to do with, um, you know, policies that need to be put in place for your school. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, whether it's policies for your employees, 
policies for your students. They both are um, important. Now, procedures. Let's quickly talk about procedures. And, right. and again, procedures are the are the actionable things that are happening in your your school. You you should have. I, I want to say like you know ninety percent of everything. Um, you know, in your school. So, you know, think of your school as 100%. All the procedures that are in your school should be, have some sort of, of system and uh, there should be a document in place that uh, coincides with that specific system. So, for instance, right. you know, with regards to answering the telephone or, uh, you know, uh, how all of that information is processed with regards to after the phone and you you know you create the appointment and they get a call back and well, all that other stuff. Well, can can I share a screen, Dwayne? I just want to see if I can. You keep talking, but I, can I share my screen? Uh, unless or, you took your camera no. off and turned turned it around, you could take your camera. But no, off and turn yeah, it no. Then I yeah, then I don't want to do that. It's actually fastened up there. So okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, maybe share with you on Skype and maybe you could share it. Right? It's just a document about to give an idea of what we're talking about. Well, we could put it into, um, you know, Facebook here, uh, but we can't. Unfortunately, with the system that we're using, we can't share the screen. Okay, you know what? I'll do that. Yeah, that's a great idea. I'm going to share this document um, with the Facebook listeners. So that's fine. Okay, continue. I'm sorry I interrupted you. I ruined your flow. Bad, bad of me to do that. <laughs> no, no, no. You're fine. I, I just, it, you know, it's. Um, so every every single action inside of your school needs to have some sort of uh, procedure, and then it's important to uh, therefore then document that. Um, when you're a one-person show, you know how to do everything, and mm -hmm. uh, when when you when you get to a point where you're ready to hire somebody else or bring a storm team member on or whatever it is, you know leadership or whatever, um, mm -hmm. things need to be things need to be uh, uh, documented. So now I I don't know about you, I hate. I hate it. I hate to sit down and type it all out. Um, and so what I do is I actually will shoot videos of the mm -hmm. documentation. That's how I built our procedures is I will shoot videos, whether it's a screenshot video, whether it's a, you know, uh, I'm talking or whatever, or both. I use a product called Camtasia, which actually captures both yeah. at, the, at yeah. the same time. So it'll capture my screen and it will see me talking. And then what I do is I will um, have somebody transcribe that. In most cases, I have my program director do it, or I've even paid, um, you know, uh, uh, a relative. Like you know, my cousin used to work for me years ago, and 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 while she was in high school, and then when she went off to college, I just, uh, you know, shot the videos and sent it over to her, and I said, hey, I just need it done in a month. Can you can you do yeah. that? Yep. And then she she transcribed it, which was beautiful because she kind of, I mean, she knows me, and she was able to understand and even read between the lines and some things, and she had worked right. for me. And so she she was able to ad lib you know a few things, um, and then she wrote it in such a way that was probably better than what I actually spoke it, if that makes sense. Okay, it totally does. And, and, and you know it, that's interesting that you had to transcribe. So you have video and audio. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah, and then and, and so I, I bring that up because it's so important to do that. And you just take one system at a time. <clears throat> Here's the deal. Uh, I, like for me, it's so tedious. I really, I, I know it's important, but I, I hate it. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's right, not right, my right. passion, right? This is not even close to my passion. Yeah. So, um, but I know how important it is. So I actually have to tell myself, listen, I'm in this for the long haul. So if it takes me 
you know, a year to do mm-hmm. all of the procedures in my school and right. get them documented, it doesn't matter because I'm still going to be here in a year. Right. So I don't put the, like I don't put that pressure on me to get it done in three months or two weeks or whatever. Um, right. I just carve out, t- you know, and so what I did was I carved out time to get it completed and yada, yada, yada. Now, fast forward to, um, you know, where we are today. And do you have anything about procedures before I go into the next thing? Well, well, I mean, you're pretty much, we're both covering it here and, you know, back and forth on it. So, no, you can keep on going. You're, you're on a roll. It sounds good. Okay. So, fast forward where I am today and currently what I'm working on is I found a product online called um, – uh, way we do and it's a it's it's waywedo.com and it's a it's a uh, SOP software and um and and so basically what it does is um, you can put your policies in there and you can also put your procedures in there um and it, it will you know you have them documented inside of there it's a living document so what's nice about it is that you can actually uh, connect the policies to the procedures. You can connect procedures to actual tasks. Um, I already have a task manager, so I'm not I'm not going to use it that way at least at this point because right. they're limit they're limited. The uh, with way we do they they will do reoccur- reoccurring tasks, but they can't do on the go tasks. So meaning okay. if I just if I you know if I just had an idea today and I want to send a task to my head instructor. I can't do that through way we do. I have to use my my current um, system that I use called called Teamwork. And so, but what's nice about this is it's all in one place, and then I can give access to the important employees, meaning the ones that that need to have access to it. So, for instance, um, myself, my head instructor, and my program director, the three of us have access to this. Right. And now when something happens, if there's a, something that needs to be done or changed, I will, you know, talk about it with my team and then have either my program director or my head instructor go in and revamp it if it needs to be revamped okay. um, or add to it or whatever. But but then it's inside of there. And it's real cheap. It's 25 bucks a month. It's $8 per additional user. Um, you know, you don't necessarily have to have the other users. I want the other users because – I have policies, or excuse me, I have procedures in there for myself that right. I do, um, especially on the marketing end um, and some of the other tasks and stuff that I do and how I do it, and it's documented, but they don't have access to that. Um, right. Which I don't want them to have access to, to how and what I do, you know, for those those type of things. Um, now, that being said, you know, my, my, uh, my wife, like if I were to die, my wife would have access to right. those things, and then she could open it up to whatever my will says, you know, for X, Y, and Z, or ABC, so that way, yeah. you know, this this can still continue to move forward, even, you know, without me, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, it totally does. I mean, that, that's basically your estate plan, right? And we could get into that a whole other, whole other conversation, but you're building out an estate. And by the way, this is what most people don't do. They don't have a contingency plan in place for God forbid, that, you know, that's all I got to say is the God forbid part where, you know, whether you pass away, you decide to retire, you know, whatever happens. Um, and many, many, many people have lost massive wealth 
simply because they didn't have an estate put in place. Like they didn't have instructions. So they didn't have a will, but with an estate that said, hey, you know, I'm willing you $25 million and 10 goes here and five years, like my daughter. When, if I passed away tomorrow, um, all my money, all my real estate and everything would go to her. Um, however, I have my, my buddy who is very wealthy. He would run my estate and it says in place, Kiara will get X at 20 years old. She'll get another chunk at 25. She, then, you know, she, then my, my buddy will decide on whether he's selling my real estate or he's selling the businesses. Um, but I, I laid it out clearly where, what I prefer. And I, I laid, it took me weeks to actually do that. So, um, but anyway, that's a whole other topic. But I, I think that our, our rules are so in, essential and our, our procedures are so essential to success because, I, like I said, sometimes you could say the same thing to the same three people in the same room and everyone hear it differently. So I like you having a video. I like that you do a video with an audio and you kind of make it almost, I, I don't want to use one word as a negative, like you almost dumb it down where people don't have to think. It's like McDonald's University and McDonald's U, they call it. They literally have a tray and on it, it says, put the bun here, put the meat here, slide it over to the meat section and put the meat, put on the special sauce and the cheese and the pickle and then close it and then you wrap it, right? It, it literally spells everything out. So there's, there's no chance that there could be any discrepancy whatsoever for them to do that. Absolutely. And I, just so the listeners know, I, I put the link to the way we do inside of the chat here. Um, awesome. for, uh, for the people that are on, on, online right now listening and watching, you know, and, watching the, 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 the program. And I put up on Facebook uh, on, on there, uh, it's, it's, it, had, it wouldn't allow me to put a photo in to our uh, Facebook chat. So I just put in the document, and it's basically called a membership check-in intro form. And um, it basically is all about what we, what we have to do in order to implement that person into our system. You know, I get their name, their membership program, the dates, the phone number, the cell number, the responsible paying person, party, emergency contact, email. And then we put this in with their contract in an individual folder with their name on it. And then it says, did they receive the welcome to the family packet? Did we enter them into the online reoccurring billing? Did they go into our Marshall Soft, which is our software for promotions? Um, did we enter them into Entreport, which you and I share, which they now get the 246810 week emails and calls, um, make attendance cards so if they have their attendance card. It goes through this entire list. And I have my staff write the date in which they did this. So, cause I very often have people go, I never got that, that welcome to the family packet, <laughs> but yeah, you did. It's right, right here. And that's why we implemented this because so many people go, I didn't know about that. Meanwhile, we, I've had people that I knew I literally handed it to and said, read it. And it goes in a pile somewhere and they never get around to it. So it's important for us to make sure it got done. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so in, in creating the policies and procedures, I, and maybe we didn't do a good enough job to make it sound sexy, but uh, hopefully we did a good enough job that you guys understand that it's vitally important for your, your business to have these things so that your, your, your business not only can, you know, outlive you, um, you know, which is important, I think, but more importantly, what I, I, I actually think is the fact that it, it, it can run a lot more smoothly than, right. it, than it is currently right now. And then everybody it puts everybody on the same page uh, as you are. Now, poly, or procedures, um, you, so let's quickly talk about this. Procedures need to um, encompass a few areas inside of your business. All right, a, a, a you know, procedure on employees and how 
um, you're going to hire employees and what the procedures right. are from there. So whether you have a storm team to leadership team to whatever, how that actually works. Now, that may not necessarily be for anybody else except for you. You know, that right. might be in, 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 in your folder um, mm-hmm. that nobody else has access to or nobody really needs to know um, right. per se. But you need to have procedures on how that's going to happen and how the hiring process goes and, and, and all those things. And, uh, and then, you know, and the firing process, all, all those things as well. But your office, your office needs to have procedures. Your, um, your marketing, how you market needs to have procedures. Also, the floor needs to have procedures and how the Absolutely. floor actually, how the floor actually runs. Um, and not only that, but how you need to have procedures on how you're going, how and what you are going to teach your staff in order to make them good leaders out on the floor as well. And so I'd like to maybe give some actionable ideas. First and foremost, if you're one person, you know, school, you know, the next thing that you probably need to do, in my opinion, would be to get somebody in the office so that you're not, you know, being pulled back and forth from, from, from both of those, okay? And so, you know, get, get somebody in the office, train them, get those procedures uh, going. I want you to understand something, though, that procedures are, and so are policies to a certain degree, but procedures are a living and active document. So they're not going to be a one-time thing in most occasions. Right. Meaning right. what works, what is working right now may change Later, you, and, and if you look at the evolution of McDonald's, um, you know, the procedure on how even the burger gets done to uh, even, you know, like the, the drive-thru, they, the, 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 cups, the, the cups are automatic now. They don't even have to fill your cup. It's just, you know, they press a button and the computer already knows that you ordered a medium drink and it drops the medium and all that other stuff. So over time, even the big companies have changed their procedures but the important thing is they had procedures. So I want you to understand something. When you create these procedures, it's not a one-time thing. But without having the skeleton there to actually kind of, you know, pull from and, you know, it's, it, it's, they're not going to do any good. So create those right. procedures first in the office. And then once you do that, then start to look at how the floor runs, create the procedures and how the floor is going to run. And I may not be giving them to you in the order that, that you, you may need them. Um, and, I'm, and again, you need to have procedures and how you're going to hire and all those other things too. But I know for me, when I started to create procedures in the office, it freed me up from the office so that I could focus in on the floor. And then when right. I created procedures out on the floor, it allowed me to then not have to be out on the floor. And then when I created procedures on how I was going to teach my staff, you know, and, and what happens on the floor does go with what you're teaching them, but um, you know, what happens on the floor is different than what you're going to teach them how to teach, if that makes sense. Right. So, um, oh, yeah. you know, okay, so, you know, uh, so, so, and then you can move to how you're going to create procedures for your marketing and how that's going to work and what time of year that this happens. And, and when, you, when you market your, uh, you know, summer special, if you will, you know, what are the avenues that you're going to use to market? All of those things are documented so you have a list to follow so you don't skip any steps. Um, and God forbid you're light up in the hospital, you know, for a month or whatever. You could actually just print that document off or have somebody print it off and give it to somebody and say, hey, do this for me. And maybe they don't get all 17 points correct, but they get 10 out of 17 correct. And you're going to be a lot better off than you were had you not already had those procedures ready. 
right? And you know what? I look at it too. If if you want to break it down in a much sim- more simplistic form, and, and so that it kind of really sinks in, um, it's how we also teach technique, right? You know, you wouldn't get a brand new kid and have our adult and have them walk in the door and say, okay, we're going to do jumping wheel kicks in the air, three sixty wheel kicks in the air. You know, that it's number one, it's dangerous. Number two, they're not going to do it and they're going to fail. And you know, number three, if they fail, they're going to want to quit. So we have a process and we build upon it, right? You know, we start with little punches and certain basic stances. And then, you know, like, for example, in my school, we do a lot of throws. So we're throwing people in the air. Um, and uh, so we, but we don't allow our beginners to take falls. So they only get off balanced and then they bring them back up again. And then eventually they learn the falls and then they can learn how to do it on their own. And then eventually after like white or yellow, they're taking very slow falls and going through the process. Because I realized long ago, I'd take people and I'd bounce them off the ground. And I was always in my head as an immature martial arts school owner um, uh, who was a tough guy. You know, I would say like, oh, they can't handle it. They're never going to last. You know, but it was my way of teaching my methodology and when I shifted that boy did things change in my enrollment and there's a lot of things that we have to understand uh, you know about how we do our processes whether it be physical you know the way we talk to people or the business side of things right and you know how we have those processes and procedures in place um, this call by the way for those that are listening is so much more deeper than you could ever imagine I mean this is very much the essence of why schools succeed or fail yeah, and we don't have time to go into everything, um, you know. Yeah. Plus, I don't, even if we did, um, I don't know that we would just because right. obviously we we, <laughs> we have we have our own coaching program that 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 goes right. in depth on all those things, and we you yeah know, we give away the farm in that. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I just hope that everybody you know understands um, how the importance of it, and hopefully you guys picked up some ideas on how to actually you know get some actionable ideas and to make those um, policies right. and procedures wor- work inside of your school. Um, yeah. I, I know we're coming up to, uh, you know, needing to close it out, but, uh, Allie, is there any final thoughts that you want to give on, on how to make policy and procedures sexy? Um, no, I, I again, I, I really think it's about how we look at things, right? So it's like saying, like, what is my, – my daughter's in, in going away to college, and she's in fashion, right? So she was – the other day, she's, you know, she's always on her phone. I'm like, what are you looking at? And I see her, like, flipping through pictures of makeup. And she said that um, they did a study of uh, women that went – and did, they both did makeup, but one of them was the vibrant, like, bright red, black lipstick, bright eyes, you know, really more of what you would see as, like, a makeup person that's fully made up, Right. Then the other one was this more subdued, natural look. They still had makeup, but it was natural. And then they, they asked men to judge what type of person they thought that woman was based on their makeup. And I thought the findings were interesting. Like, they were like, you know, what they thought based on their perception, right? So it really, it all, and some men were really super turned on and really loved girls that were played down as far as natural look. And then others were like, wow. This girl is all done up with the crazy makeup. She must be, you know, much more, uh, you know, much more exciting and, and you know, interesting. Um, so it's really all about visual perception, right? And that's the same thing with us. Um, yeah, I, I find numbers and I like looking at my stat sheets and I like to see them growing and changing for the better. Better. Um, that to me is, uh, is you know, I know, it's not sexy, but, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, it's interesting and exciting to me. And I think that most school owners got to understand that they can't ignore that part of it because if they do, they're hurting themselves. And, you know, they can fast track themselves so much quicker to success if they just understood this 
podcast that we just did, this, you know, Facebook Live, it, it's so much more to it than just the few things that we, you know, we said a lot, but uh, people are probably only hearing a little. So we'll go back and listen to it and then take it to heart. And then, uh, you know, you know, I think it'll change your lives. And I think we got into this business, uh, most of us, because it was a passion of ours, not right. knowing that we were going to need to do all this other work in order to be really successful. But like Ali had said before, that's where, you know, this is what separates the quote-unquote big boys and big girls uh, from the right. average school owners is the fact that right. they, they're they not a McDojo, but they created a, 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 a an organization, a structural business, and they were strategic about it. And that, because they were strategic about it, they were able to grow their businesses and take their businesses to the next level and to continue to do that. Um, and, of course, you know, we didn't even get into some of the other things with regards to having uh, policies and procedures for your events and retail and all that other stuff. Well, why so don't we do this, Wayne? Is this, is this good for you? Can we, do you think we could do a second call on this? I mean, it's, it's got enough depth and, and, and you know, uh, to it? Do you think that well, it would let's, be sexy you know what? to let's do a just, second? I don't, I don't know. So let's just allow our listeners to uh, tell us. And okay. If you're interested, just on this Facebook post, uh, on this Facebook yeah. Live, go ahead and say, yeah, you want to – you want more information with regards to this? And, and, and if not, we won't. We'll just go on to a different topic. I do want to remind right. everybody that last, last week we did have a, uh, uh, a free webinar. Uh, basically, uh, the webinar was uh, on uh, making your summer sizzle. Uh, we kind of entitled it, Be Sure Not to Fizzle When Your Summer Starts to Sizzle. And so yeah. what we did was uh, we went over marketing strategies and internal events and ideas that, that will make your summer profitable. If you go to yeah. School Owner Talk, you can go to schoolownertalk.com and uh, on the right-hand side of the page there, there is, uh, unless you're on your mobile device, you'll have to scroll down a little bit. But if you're on your computer, on the, on the very top right-hand side, it says free webinar. You can click on it. You can still get access to the replay while it's up um, and take advantage of, uh, of those opportunities as well. And then there is one more webinar on there, um, which is called the, uh, uh, what is it, uh, of the um, Six Steps to Implementation, How to Actually Get Crap Done. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes we're overwhelmed with a bunch of stuff, and, and this will give you the information how to actually get stuff done. And then lastly, we have um, our uh, Martial Arts Business Manifesto that's up there. A uh, lot of great reviews on the Martial Arts Business Manifesto. So if you haven't gotten that, that's a free download, so get access to that as well. And then subscribe to our podcast. You can go to schoolandertalk.com. You can subscribe via iTunes and or an Android device. Um, Allie? Good to be with you again today, and I appreciate your friendship. And uh, you know. Yes, me too, Dwayne. It was great talking to you again. As always, Monday is a good start when we get to chat and, and start off in the business head. And uh, I think it's a good thing for people, too. They start off their week going, wow, I have some great new ideas. So thanks for being, being that part of my life. You bet. All right, everybody, have a great day. Thanks, Allie. Take care. Bye.